In Jesus' name we ask it. Amen. In verse 8, But then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Now this is a definite declaration of the attitude of Almighty God toward all those who are out of Christ. They cannot, no matter how hard they try, or how hard they might try, uh, to please God simply because they cannot do it. All unbelievers are without faith. Now Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6 says, Without faith it is impossible to please Him. So if you're an unbeliever, it's impossible for you to please God. God the Father deals with men only through His Son, the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says, Whosoever will may come. That's true. But on the other hand, all who come to God must come God's way. Uh, I was talking to a man today about uh, right things and wrong things in the Bible. And there is but one right way with God. And that's whatever God says, not what some man says. In John 14, verse 6, Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father but by me. Now, anyone comes to God in Jesus' name is welcome. Now, John 10, verse 1 says, Anyone who tries to approach God or climb up some other way are thieves and robbers, and they cannot enter. Acts 4, verse 12, For there is none other name under heaven given among men, whereby we must be saved. Now, turn over with me to Hebrews, please. I always challenge people that when you're studying the book of Romans, uh, connect that with the book of Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 10 now, and I'll begin to read in verse 28. He that despised Moses' law died without mercy under two or three witnesses. Of how much sore punishment, suppose ye, shall he be the worthy who hath trodden underfoot the Son of God and has counted the blood of his covenant wherewith he was sanctified an unholy thing and has done despite unto the Spirit of grace? For we know him that has said, Vengeance belongeth unto me. I will recompense, says the Lord. And again the Lord shall judge his people. It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of the living God. Now you take Hebrews chapter 10 with Hebrews uh, Romans chapter 8. There is no salvation. There is no way to approach God except through the Lord Jesus Christ in His shed blood. Now truly, all unbelievers are treading underfoot the Son of God. They have heard about the Son. They have heard about His suffering. They've heard about His death. But they are not willing to accept the Son of God as God's love gift to them. They are not willing to put their trust in His shed blood for cleansing. They trample underfoot, as it were, the blood of God's sacrifice for remission of sin. God made the plan of salvation so simple that the Bible makes it very plain that men will stumble over go right over But without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. Now verse 9 of Romans, go back please, and verse 9, Romans chapter 8. But you are not in this flesh, but in the Spirit. 
If so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. There are four phrases used which all mean indwelling Spirit in the believer. In verse 9, it says the Spirit of God. In verse 9 again, he uses the words the Spirit of Christ. In verse 10, if Christ be in you. In verse 11, his spirit that dwelleth in you. All of these teach that the Holy Spirit indwells the believer. Now, go back with me in 1 Corinthians a minute. In 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 6. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And talking about the Holy Spirit again now. 1 Corinthians chapter 6. And look at verse 19 and verse 20. What? Know ye not that your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is in you, which you have of God, and you are not your own? For you are bought with a price, therefore glorify God in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Now, some would teach that the Holy Spirit enters our body uh, sometime after regeneration or salvation. That's not true. At the moment a person trusts Christ as a Savior, the Holy Spirit indwells that person. And at that moment, we're sealed by Him, according to Ephesians 4, verse 30, the Holy Ghost, the Holy Spirit, until the day of redemption. And so the devil can't have me. I'm sealed. I'm protected by the Holy Spirit that indwells me. Now, verse 9, again, Romans chapter 8, and verse 9. But you are not in this flesh, but in the Spirit. If so, be the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he's none of his. Now, verse 9 assures us that if the Spirit of God dwells in us, then and only then we are not in the flesh as far as God is concerned. Now, I, I, I say this all the time, and I believe I prove it by the Word of God that uh, since I've been saved, since you've been saved, God no longer looks at you except through the blood of Jesus Christ. And if He looks through the blood of Jesus Christ and we're washed in the blood, then He doesn't see us. He sees the blood of Christ through which makes us righteous under God. And so we're protected by that and as far as God is concerned. Now man, looking on man, we see every flaw in us. All right? But God doesn't. You know why? He has shed blood. First uh, uh, John chapter 1, verse 7. Uh, without the shedding of blood, there is no remission. But by the shedding of His blood is the forgiveness of all sin. Now, John chapter 3, verse 5. Except a man be born of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. Now, here's how God's plan of salvation works. Jesus said in John 6, verse 44, No man can come to me except my Father which has sent me draw him. And then Jesus taught in John 16, verse 7 through 11, that it is the Holy Spirit who convicts, convinces, and draws men to God. In John 16, verse 7 through 11. Now, as I've said many times before, when I first got saved, I thought that I could convince people to get saved, to convince people to accept Christ as a Savior. 
and I go in people's homes, I go knocking on doors, and I try my best to win people to Christ by trying to convince them to accept Christ. It don't work that way. You can tell them the Word of God. You can read them the Word of God. But if the Holy Spirit don't convince them that they're sinners and convinces them that Jesus Christ is the Son of God, you're wasting your time. That's the reason that when I'm dealing with people about their soul, I ask them the first question, do you believe this Bible is the Word of God? And if you don't believe this Bible is the Word of God, I'm through. I'm done. Ain't nothing else I can do. You, there's, no, there's no other way you can do it. You try to deal with anybody you want to that's unsaved and how the will of God and they, they don't want God in their life and you try to help them every way you can, you can't. Outside of the Holy Spirit convicting them and convincing them and draws them to God. So the Holy Spirit, and by the way, He only does that through the Word of God. Now, the Holy Spirit of God leads the children of God, Romans chapter 8, and look at verse 14 now. Verse 14. For as many as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Have you ever been thinking about something or doing something or praying about something and God said don't do it? Or God will impress you to do it? And what I've learned, if you go by that old gut feeling, and the Holy Spirit said, don't you do that. You better not do it. But if the Holy Spirit gives you that peace of mind in leading you, it's going to be all right. That's the way you go. Now, the Holy Spirit assures the children of God. Look at verse 16. The Spirit itself bears witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. Amen? You know, it's a wonderful, sweet feeling when the old devil comes to visit you and he sits on your shoulder and says, you know what you did a while ago, you know what you did 10 years ago, you know what you did, and he reminds you all the things bad you did in your life, and he gets you to try to doubt your salvation. But it's such a wonderful thing when the Holy Spirit says, don't worry about that, that's the son of the blood. That's covered, it's gone. The Holy Spirit seals the children of God. Ephesians 4 verse 30. The Holy Spirit fills the children of God. Romans chapter 5 verse 8. And then the Holy Spirit indwells the children of God. Romans 8 verse 9. The believer's body is a temple or house in which the Holy Spirit lives. I cannot see the Holy Spirit, but I can see you. And you and the Holy Spirit indwells your life. That's how you can know the Bible, somebody said, you can't know when somebody's saved or not. Well, you can by the fruits. The Bible says so. And how do you know? By the way the Holy Spirit, if the Holy Spirit deals with a person. You know one of the greatest proofs, proofs of being saved? Is when the Holy Spirit is dealing with you, you yield to Him. That's one of the sweetest ways you can know that you're saved. Now, Paul is plainly saying in Romans chapter 8, verse 9, If any man have not the Holy Spirit of Christ, he certainly is not of God and does not belong to him. In other words, it is impossible to be saved apart from the work of the Holy Spirit. Now, verse 11. Verse 11, Romans chapter 8, verse 11. But if the Spirit of him that raised up Jesus from the dead dwell in you, he that raised up Christ from the dead shall also quicken your mortal bodies 
by his spirit that dwelleth in you. Notice, if you would, how God changes things. Notice the wording of verse 11. Raised up Jesus, then he says, raised up Christ. Now, why the change there? The change of the name from Jesus, the man who died on the cross, whom God raised from the dead to Christ, the covenant head. He was raised not only as Jesus, the man, but as Jesus who stands for all believers who are in him. Shall quicken means to cause to live, to make alive, to give life. Now all those spirit of man who has accepted Christ will never die, but the body of believers are still subject to die, but the bodies of dead saints at the rapture will be made alive by the work of the Holy Spirit that now dwells in us. You know one of the ways I know I'm going to be raised from the dead? Because the Holy Spirit never leaves me. Verse 12 and verse 13. Now look at verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we're debtors, not to the flesh, to live after the flesh. But we live after the flesh. If you live after the flesh, you shall die. But if you through the Spirit do mortify the deeds of the body, you shall live. Amen. Now you watch this, please. I love this. All those spirit of men is accept, after he accepted Christ, the Holy Spirit is in him. Verse 12 and 13, Because of this, we're no longer debtor to the flesh. For if you live after the flesh, you shall die. I was reading behind Dr. Weist on this verse, and he puts it this way. So then, brethren, we're, we are those under obligation. Not to the flesh, to live habitually, under the dominion of the flesh. For assuming that you are living habitually under the dominion of the flesh, you are on your way to die. But assuming that of the spirit you are habitually putting to death the deeds of the flesh, you will live. Now let me show you what I'm talking about. Turn to First John a minute. In First John uh, chapter 2. I'm going to begin reading verse 15. Love not the world. Now remember, First John is written to Christians. Love not the world. Neither things are in the world. If any man loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Now first of all, he's not talking about this globe, the earth. He's talking about the world system. He's talking about how the world lives. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father. It is all the world. And the world pass away in the lust thereof, but he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Now the will of God is that every human being should accept Christ as their Savior and be born again and become a Christian. Now beginning in verse 14 on, Romans chapter 8 starts a new line of thought. The glory that awaits the born again believer. In these next few verses, so after that, Paul assures the believer that we are sons and heirs of eternal glory, that the Holy Spirit intercedes for us, we are secure in Christ Jesus. Verse 14 tells me I am a son of God. Verse 15 tells me I don't have to fear as one under the law, I am under grace. 
Now go back to 1 John chapter 4. 1 John chapter 4. And look with me in verse 17 and verse 18. 1 John chapter 4 verse 17 and verse 18. Herein is our love made perfect, that we may have boldness in the day of judgment. Because as He is, so are we in the world. There is no fear in love, but perfect love casted out fear, because fear hath torment. He that fears is not made perfect in love. And you know what I like about that? Fear has removed by the Holy Spirit, which is in the spirit of love. I thank God that before I got saved, as many times I listened to my heartbeat. And I had I, I, read one time that a man's heart, on average, only beats so many times. And I, they told how many times it beats, and I'd sit there and I'd listen to my heartbeat. Before I got saved, I'd go to bed, and I was counting them. And I, I ain't got that many more left, you know, as I'd count them. And I would think about it, and I'd be fear, I'd be a, a scared to death to think about so many more heartbeats I'm out of here, and i got to meet a live God. And remember what the verse said a while ago? It's a fearful thing to fall in the hands of an angry God. And then I got saved. I got born again. That fear is gone. You know why? I don't fall in the hands of anger God anymore. I fall in a loving God's hand now because Jesus is my Savior. And the Holy Spirit gives me that assurance. And when, and as I lay sometime at night, I thank God that if I die in my sleep or I die ever born, I take my last breath in a second, have some body present Lord. I don't have nothing else to worry about. My fear is gone. Who gives you that? Only the Holy Spirit can you. Amen. The flesh can't do it. I mean, the flesh is concerned about living all the time. But I don't care anymore because if I, if I die in the flesh, I have somebody present the Lord. And the Holy Spirit assures me that all the time. Now, it is, it's sad to meet people that don't have that. And you say, Why? Because they're not children of God. They don't have the Holy Spirit. They don't have Him that assures them. And it's a wonderful privilege to be a Christian. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that You will help us keep that assurance fresh in You in the mind all the time. It's not we. It's Him. It's the Holy Spirit. He does all the work through Christ Jesus our Lord. Thank You for letting us have that one that dwells within us, which is part of the Godhead. And dear God, I don't understand the Godhead, but I know it's true. God lives in me through the Holy Spirit. What an assurance. I cannot be lost. I cannot go to hell. I can go to your heaven. Thank you, dear Jesus. Go with us now and watch over us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.